0: Hello, I'm Elena DelVal, and this is the HispanicMPR.com podcast. My guest today is Mathieu Champigny, who is Group Chief Executive Officer of CoCreative. We will discuss brand message versus product message. Mathieu has held a number of high-tech and creative management positions in Europe and the United States over the past 20 years. In his role, he leads industrial color, global edit and smashbox studios servicing brands and creative production solutions before managing this creative group of agencies his career started in structured finance in paris france followed by houston texas Mathieu, welcome
1: hi elena thank you for having me
0: let's start by explaining what we mean by brand message and product message. Would you define those briefly
1: for us? Of course, of course. And uh, I know that for a lot of people, these, you know, sometimes merge and they need to be aligned, but they, they, are, not, they are not the same. Uh, a brand message is, you know, where brand posi- positions itself uh, to the market and, and what message it actually sends. To the consumers, the prospect, or, or the overall market. Meaning, you know, what do we stand for? Um, you know, what what is our niche? What is our uh, positioning on the market? um compared to the competition compared to you know uh the the, the values of the company uh, a product message is actually a lot more focused on what the specific product brings as a value proposition whether it's a cosmetic product or it's a car or it's a, an insurance contract right um you know this product message is specifically about the value proposition of what this product or service brings to the consumer uh, of course these should be aligned Um, You know, you you shouldn't have a a, a product that is uh, in conflict with where the the brand and the company stands at the overall brand message. But it's a lot more specific. Um, Usually the product message is attached to the product itself or to a a specific campaign about the launch of the product or the relaunch uh, on all the media channels. So you're talking social media, TV, press, uh, you name it. The brand message is actually across all of these as well, but really more at a holistic and high level. Um, And, you know, the challenge is, you know, how do you make both of them coexist and actually serve each other, not just, you know, exist exist next to each other, but one should feed the other, one should be empowered by the other, and one should be able to leverage the other so that, you know, a really good product and really strong product message, let's say, you know, my product is the best at, uh, is actually aligned with like, we're a company that excels at this. And, you know, let's say uh, a group of cosmetics like you know we the brand message is that we are inclusive and we are you know we're forward thinking about what it what makeup means in the world and uh, the product message is this is the best lipstick because of the components and how it serves like, actually bit specific uh, need that you might have for your lipstick and these like feed each other uh, and uh, need to be thought through together even as one is more holistic at the company level and the other one is more specific of the uh, the product uh, specifics.
0: Just as an example to see if I understood your description, the brand idea here or the brand in this case would be, for example, Apple versus Mm -hmm. an an Apple product like, say, an iPad or an Apple watch. Is that Mm -hmm. right?
1: It is. You know, Apple as a brand stands for, you know, I don't want to uh, to uh, have the pretension of uh, being an Apple marketing executive here, but, you know, Apple stands for, you know, technology, innovation, you know, um, constant progress uh, and breaking up barriers of communication. Let's say uh, the iPad itself is how to put a piece of technology in the hands of everything to advance society in communicating together. Right. And these are two separate things. One is product specific, the other one is what the company stands for, what is the module, what is the brand. And you see in the example of Apple, you see commercial and campaigns for Apple, and you see commercial and campaigns for the iPad and the latest iPad that Apple actually releases. And these are different campaigns, different budgets in most of the, at least on the big brands, these are separate budgets, but they do fit each other because you don't want to, you know, market an iPad that contradicts what Apple stands for.
0: One of the questions that pops up in my mind is the challenge of defining those clearly in situations where the product or service is less clearly defined or less clearly defined for the consumer. Let me put it that way. So for example, ones that come up to mind right away are perfumes or alcohol as in Mm -hmm. say tequila or champagne or wine where part of the brand is a concept if you will the concept of luxury or rarity or a particular image that people want to associate with and the product specifically might be a subset of that would you mm-hmm.
1: talk about that a little bit? Sure. You know, we we know that some some you know uh, some products are not just about how good my tequila is, right? Uh, or how you know how how good or how well perceived the smell of these fragrance might be, but nonetheless. Uh, the, uh, the positioning of how uh, any campaign or how marketing, any marketing communication uh, is going to be launched should be mapped out well before focusing on the messaging itself. And I think that's, that's a really important point, uh, especially for product or services that are either synonymous with, with the brand itself or that are not necessarily like, yes, perfume A and B both smell good, right? And you and Elena might have different tastes. So smelling good has different meaning for different people. But by defining your marketing campaign and and, uh, and and what you're expecting from it prior to actually talking about the messaging, is is how you can actually tackle the these challenges. Uh, that lays out a strong foundation for all the production of assets, you know, videos, uh, all the marketing communication tools and uh, and visual assets that you need to define. And it helps making sure that once you define the goal of your campaigns and marketing communication, uh, then the uh, positioning of these is clearly defined. And then you get to the messages and the messaging of why is this tequila uh, more relatable to this you know, niche market, for example? Why is this fragrance uh, really going to be targeted to you know, um, one part of the society or one gender or one you know, age group? So when you do that, the messaging comes after the positioning of the campaign. So you need to define prior to putting your message together what you're trying to achieve with it. Uh, and, and if you don't, then, you know, uh, the, if the messaging is then poorly planned, then you're not actually uh, getting the benefits of your marketing communication. And to your point, uh, it can be confusing with the consumer or the followers or the uh, prospects or, you know, or the market on which, like, am I buying this brand or am I buying this tequila? Uh, and, and, you know, and we see then brands um, kind of struggling with this when they, don't, when they want to launch a second flavor of tequila, for example. Because when your brand and your product are so tightly associated that it's really hard to understand, like, wait, there is another tequila with another perfume or there is another, you know, fragrance under this brand. Um, how is this different? And, you know, is it better than the other one? And, and then it's actually a, a marketing nightmare because you need to reposition the brand and then making sure that both products still fit and can coexist on the shelf, online, on the same website, uh, and and it becomes uh, kind of a challenge uh, for the marketers. Uh, so, this is key to define that before. And uh, well, in in some of the products and the examples that you uh, that you took, Elena, it's important for the brand owners and the the CMOs. To understand uh, if they are going to build a collection of products under that brand, or that brand is actually aimed to be, you know, one brand with one product and be super strong as is, um, because otherwise you can. You're going to create a lot of work six months, a year or two years down the road when you want to release that new flavor, when you want to release that new version. Uh, and, you know, going back to Apple, you know, Apple is a really strong brand. So I think it's obvious and nobody can argue with that. But there's a clear understanding that, you know, the iPhone, the iPads, the, the, the MacBook Pros, like and all the Apple products are different offering. They fit in the brand in the, with the overall brand message. But you know, there's no confusion, but they, each of them is its separate product, with its separate value proposition to the consumer, and, and that's why this brand's actually winning.
0: What about services versus products and branding versus messaging I'm sorry, branding of, branding message versus product message. What can you tell us about that? Is that significantly more complex?
1: Um, I mean, going back, the first part of your question is about product versus services. Um, you know, there's a little bit more of a, you know, um, subjective um you know, uh, orientation of how we uh, we vet uh, a service as a, as a consumer. Um, you know, products usually you know are practical, work, don't work, are expensive, not expensive. Uh, all these things are are a little bit tangible, uh, a little bit more than services. Like, did I like this experience? And you know, in the in the service world. It's about you know does the consumer appreciate the the experience that we got uh, in uh, getting in contact with this company. So that's you know that's a, a clear differentiation, and I think you know uh, marketers are now fairly uh, fairly well aware of the differences and how the communication on a product uh, or or the service actually differ. Uh, and the value proposition uh, needs to be a little bit more uh, explained in the case of a service uh, than it is on a product because you're lacking that uh, tangible asset in somebody's hands uh, that somebody can relate to. So in that case, um, going back to the second part of your question, um, there is a a, a clear uh, differentiation than in branding because when you are then communicating about a product, I think the message, uh, the brand message And, um, you know, the service, the value proposition of the service are really much tighter than they have to be for the product. What I mean by that is you have your brand messaging, let's say on a service company, let's say, you know, an insurance company, Um, you know, like nothing is sexy about insurance company, but the brand positioning is really, really tightly linked to uh, the, the quality of the service of, or the quality of the, the perceived quality of the service. Uh, when you do have a product, I think you can play a little bit stronger and an independent voice on the product itself. Uh, it still needs to fit the overall brand brand messages but i think the product can live a little bit easier by itself uh, and it's a little bit easier for marketer and creatives not just marketer but for the creatives to think a little bit outside the box when you're talking about a product because the product can have a, a almost a life on its own um, outside of the brand message uh, for service uh, for service it's, it's actually really 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 difficult to do that um, because for the consumer or for the buyer you associate the company name with what you're getting, the experience you're getting.
0: And then we have this middle no man's land, as it were, of things that are both a product and a service. Increasingly, for example, as we see technology going further and further into our lives, smart televisions and smart refrigerators and smart cars, self-driving cars, etc. Now you don't just have a car, but you have all of that software that's in the car that's going to require the customer to interact with that company a lot more than they might have in the past. I can think off the top of my head, someone that had to go back to the dealer, I think it was a half a dozen times, because they couldn't operate their new car. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that mix of product and service brand and product how do how do you deal with that
1: yeah i mean it, it's really important in that world i think you your 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 example of you know uh, a new car buyer having back going back to the uh the car dealership because you know i don't know how to start it i don't know to uh, you know open the windows i don't know how to put the right temperature this thing breaks all the time most of the time it doesn't break, um, there, is a, there is a consumer experience here. And I think, you know, when as a marketer and, and honestly, this is where marketing teams, creatives and designers need to work together in the concepting of the, uh, of the product, because especially in cars right now, you know, you're, you're, you're not just selling a car, you're selling an experience um, because, you know, if I want to go from A to B, I can take an Uber and do that. That is, that is the service that Uber gives me. Now, how can I interact in the best way possible with my car and my personal car is the work of the designer, the engineers and the, uh, and the product marketing uh, teams. And, and I think we, it's really important for the marketers to really understand that the end user, the consumer and even the internal teams are all going to be acting as micro-influencers. And that micro-influencer marketing Uh, which is really, really hard to control is key on this because, you know, the example that you took, this person who had to go back five or six times to the dealership is going to tell all of their friends and most probably the world, uh, you know, on Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn about how frustrating his experience has been dealing with this brand new car. And that might be the best car in the world. Is still going to tell the entire population about how bad his experience is going to be. So as a marketer, uh, you are right that the product and the service and the experience that are being uh, provided together are becoming merged a little bit, uh, but this is where the brand messaging uh, and the the, the 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 product marketing needs to be really, really fought through together because that micro-influencer is going to actually be most probably as important or similarly important to your big campaign when, when you're spending millions uh, of dollars producing a TV ad, uh, and then you're spending tens of millions in, in, in media buy, um, because they're still reaching uh, a really uh, exponential number of potential buyers. And uh, making sure that you, you, you think of this together so that basically the uh, experience is thought through at the same time that you design your product. And it is thought through, and it's 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 actually designed to be one and one only. Um, and you know, um, I'm going back to you know this marketing budgets. Um, you know, you can spend all of your marketing budget in advertising if half of the people have to go back to the dealership five times to figure out how to turn off the car in their garage we all wasted a year or two years or five years of of developing this car. So you you know, we, we really cannot take that risk. So, you know, when you look at, you know, connected TVs and and you know even all the electronics in a car, um, you know, it when designing a product, um, the experience of experiencing the product, the experience of operating that product is honestly as key as the quality of the product itself. Uh, there is nothing more frustrating than having the, the best piece of technology in your hands and not being able to figure out how to work, make it work or for your, you know, for grandmother to have to call you to operate it. And, you know, uh, this is. This is both a cooperation between the designers, the creatives, and the marketing teams here but it, that is key. And I think some of the companies we talked about earlier are, are doing this uh, mag- you know, in a magnificent way in really associating the design, the technology, and the experience into one big thing and one big message brought to the market.
0: One of the other challenges that comes to mind is that the market – is not a single market, it is increasingly a very diverse market and a smaller world with very speedy communications. How do you balance getting that brand message across to the multiple market segments? That you, as a company or a representative of a company, might be addressing at the same time, but that might require perhaps slightly different messages
1: yeah, I mean that that's really part of the uh, the marketing and advertising agency's role here, um whether you know internal uh, for some of the brands or external. Uh, is, you know, one, defining really, really clearly who we are trying to talk to, um, defining really, really clearly who this population is, how they differ from each other, you know, depending of, you know, gender, you know, age, uh, geographical location, countries, um, even legal regulations. Um, And once this is defined, defining, you know, what are the common traits that we can use to communicate with these groups and what must be different, then you have to really uh, as well differentiate for each of these approaches, what is the earned media compared to owned media? That means, what are you going to, as a brand, going to be able to control? You know, this is your paid media. This is, you know, all the things that you uh, that you produce, right? Advertising campaigns, um, you know, social activations, you name it. And all of the things that you're not going to be able to control, I'm going back to the micro-influencer role here, meaning, you know, how is how does this part of the uh, population talking about this service or this product in general? How can I relate to it? And how are they going to talk about this among themselves? Meaning that, you know, how is my message going to spread? And this is where the uh, the, the really successful uh, marketing campaigns come about. It is about, you know, launching a campaign, measuring it, but as well, Having the campaign uh, and the message have a life of its own when you know social media then takes you know uh, takes its place and people talk about it and people you know you can sponsor it of course you can have user generated marketing uh, but is uh, you know more and more prevalent in many campaigns but you know all of this need to feed each other. Uh, that means that you know of course you need to get to the technical side of uh, of SEO as well, making sure that you know people using different terms are still finding your product and service, so your indexation your indexation of your product and service to maximize your uh, your search traffic and higher rankings are key and and that means you know starting with the definition of the targets, then the definition of how we are going to talk to this to this uh, part of the population, uh, what makes them special, and define you know how many sub campaigns do we need to hold it's not just a language right it's not like let me just translate this from English to Spanish and the uh, Latino community is going to uh, to embrace it uh, that is not true there are like clear different you know differences in you know how people live what they value you know where they live their climate all of these things matter so it's not a matter about just you know putting other versions in other languages uh, it is a clear you know there is a need of clear understanding uh, of what these, you know, these target uh, niche or niches uh, really stand for, what they value and and bringing experts to the table. Uh, This is where the uh, internal marketing teams uh, most of the time go outside to um, you know 360 agencies to basically have the expertise in different market in different age group and and being able to you know that's not something you can just improvise and say hey you know let me make it a little bit shorter so it can go on TikTok tock and everybody's gonna like it but that doesn't cut it anymore uh, you know you, you need to plan it you need to have separate budgets most of the time the biggest brands are going to have like really defined budgets per target and per population and per niche um, because that's the only way you can as well track the uh, return on investment uh, of your marketing campaigns, your advertising budgets. And, um, you know, if you do it well, it takes time. It takes expertise, uh, and um, you know, but but that's what makes uh, marketing so exciting these days. It's not just let's throw something at the wall and hope people are gonna like it and talk about it at the dinner table. Uh, it is so focused and uh, and so data driven that you know the marketing uh, experts are the uh, data guru that then feeds the creative. creatives like that's what we want to do. Let's let's do that together.
0: How do you avoid the Missed steps. Uh, one of them that comes to mind, mainly because it's very recent, was the ill received ice cream campaign launched, I think it was Walmart, for the Juneteenth celebration. And as I understand it, there was a huge backlash. What how do you how do you keep away from that? They thought that they were going to have a successful product launch, and instead they had a backlash.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a good example. I, I do think that you know Walmart is uh, is a really good marketer. So it's not a matter uh and you know, I, I do think that at least on the external message, there is a strong message of of inclusivity and uh and diversity in, in the in the Walmart message. I'm not a Walmart expert here, uh, but you know I think Elena you, you are right uh, you know it most probably came out at the uh, from a good place of you know let's celebrate June and you know uh, I think this launch is going to make a clear statement about what Walmart actually stands for and that should you know definitely resonate with you know uh, one part of the population. It's a tricky world we live in um you know um it's I think you need to triple check everything you need to honestly include. The 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 people that you're targeting in these discussions and in the f- definition of your uh, of your campaigns and your product design, uh, I don't know if it was done. You know, uh, in you know in in that sense, I don't know if Walmart actually included, uh, you know, uh, the uh, the people of color and and uh, you know uh, uh, black Americans to the conversations when they actually designed these campaigns. You know, um, did anybody get get a chance to actually say like, hold on, hold on? Like, that's, you know, that's, no, that's a stereotype here. Like, no, that's not, you know, why why do you think we would like it? You know, uh, I don't know if it was done. Maybe it was not. Um, you know, this is where the uh, the diversity uh, you know actually matters in the marketing departments and in the agencies. This is not just to uh, to uh, check a box, right? When you answer to an RFP or your, you know, you want to report of your diversity and inclusion. Um, there's a real, you know, there's a real gap here, and there's still, you know, a lot of work to do uh, for us to uh, to make sure that you know uh, people of color and and different background and different ethnicity and 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 just differences are included in the very design of what we do. Um, You know, that that ice cream story with Walmart is definitely a good example of that. Um, You know, we live in a tricky world in which, you know, maybe five years ago, that wouldn't have been an issue. Um, You know, but uh, or nobody, you know, that would have hurt some personal feeling, but it wouldn't have made it to the national news. Now it does. And, you know, something like this, because Walmart, you know, uh, a a lot of uh, bad press. And you know, as marketers, that's definitely what you want to avoid at all times. So my my only thing without being uh, either you know a June Teams or a Walmart or an ice cream expert is you know, involve the people you're supposed to talk to and you're planning to talk to in these discussions. Give give them give them, you know, not just a seat at a table, but a voice in what you're designing and the message that you're sending. Um, because that's that's the only that's the only way you're going to ensure that what you're doing is actually legit, cannot be misinterpreted. And, um, you know, we we don't know what we don't know, whether, you know, you want to talk to another age group or you want to talk to another part of the population or another part of the country. Like, you know, marketers don't know any, everything. And that's where, you know, putting the right people at the table on, you know, marketing, uh, concepting, design, messaging, copywriting and making sure that the uh, the people and the, the piece of the um, of the uh, of the buying or consumers. Uh, that, that are targeted are really part of the discussion and have an active role in the design of these campaigns.
0: Tell us about channels. How important are they? How do you decide which channels to focus energy, budget, time on?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's always really an interesting discussion with, you know, at the very with our clients, right, on which, like, hey, should we put everything on the on Instagram, like, when are we starting to do TikToks? Like, is it worth doing a TV commercial? And how long are we going to uh, broadcast this? Um, you know, I, I think, you know, the couple of things that that we always put um, front and foremost is, you know, making sure that we define what we're trying to achieve. And I'm going back to one of the first points we discussed in this conversation, Elena, is, you know, if you don't define exactly what you want the outcome to be, then you know the messaging is going to be poorly received, and honestly, I think your your return on investment is is not going to be as planned. So, going back to media, you know, um, all the medias are now connected, right? You were mentioning the uh, the connected TVs. You're trying. You're going to start seeing advertising. Like Netflix is going to uh, introduce advertising really soon. So, you know, if you think that broadcast. Uh, or CTV or social media or other video platforms are, are, are totally different media channels. They're not. Uh, it doesn't mean that you're just throwing your marketing dollars and hope for the best and see how, you know, what's going to work. Uh, but, you know, it's a matter of defining who you're talking to. You know, who is spending time on TikTok and who is not? Who is spending their days on connected TV and who is not? How much time are people actually, you know, watching the commercial or do they just change the channel as soon as they uh, they get to the next commercial? What do you do with out of home? You know, you're seeing even you know a lot of startups, for example, investing in uh, out-of-home advertising. Same thing for a lot of crypto companies. That found that out-of-home advertising for them is one of the best thing we can do to actually bring people that are not necessarily aware, because they're not online every day, all day, checking what's happening in the crypto world. So let's me uh, let let me go to the highway and be and actually buy that billboard for the next three weeks. So. That's a really big uh, research that needs to be done by the marketing teams and the advertising team. The the, the media buying process is really data driven today. There's a lot of data available. Um, you know, my, my first advice to uh, to to all our brand clients is like, who do you want to talk to? What do you know about this population? And do you already have data points? on, you know, this population, meaning, you know, how did your last campaign actually uh, go? What did you get out of it? Did you even define your OKRs your or your uh, your KPIs for this campaign? You know, and from there define like, okay, you know, we're going to spend a million dollars here. You know, what? this is how we should spend it. This is how long. You know, is it a micro campaign blast, and and we're going to do all of this in three weeks, or we're going to run this thing for six months? We're going to start on TV, and we should put fifty percent of our budget budget there, and then we're going to have basically, you know, a campaign from there that actually reaches all of the media channels, including the press and so on. So not products and not all products and services are are the same for this. There are channels that just don't work for some product and services. Uh, I think that you know, as marketers, we we know this, and that. Shouldn't be, you know, a big debate, Um, you know, and then there is, you know, what kind of um, what kind of information we're trying to convey in that campaign that redefines as well what are going to be the best media. Right. If it's about the specificity or the benefits of a product. Maybe, you know, an informative video uh, is actually the best way to talk about it because nobody wants to read, you know, a lot of text. That means, you know, article, press release, uh, press, you know, newspapers and so on are out of questions or even magazines. So in that case, because we know that it needs to be an explainer video and we know that, you know, 75 percent or 72 percent, I think, of of people actually prefer watching a video about a product but actually reading about it, which is kind of obvious when you say it. You know that means like, okay, but my my budget is going to actually go in digital advertising. Am I going to put it in Times Square? Am I going to put it on on Instagram? Do I have to have a, a microsite uh, let's say, or a landing page specifically for that launch that actually has that video and how much of this um, you know this advertising am I going to buy? And for others, it is about you know explaining the values of the company and maybe it is more tech heavy. So you know I think it it really varies about what you're trying to push here. And and defining how much you're going to spend, you know, uh, in, in the different medias, which defines as well where your um, creative budgets are going to be. Because, of course, the number of videos, the number of prints, the number of, uh, you know, uh, billboards, uh, designs and so on that you're going to design to talk to your consumers are going to vary tremendously as well. So it's not just the media, but it's as well the media type.
0: Putting other issues aside, mainly budget and production time. Is video king? There's a lot of talk that that's what consumers want, but does video have the best results? What can you tell us about that?
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, I think let's be, uh, l- let's be really mindful when you ask the question, does video has the best result? What results are we talking about? You know, is it, is it a, a buying decision? Is it a brand positioning? Is it a product-specifics uh, uh, message that we want people to understand, but they're not going to buy it necessarily now? So this is, you know, this is the first thing to ask. Um, now, you know, for a complex product that you need to explain to the consumer, uh, I think there is clear data. That basically uh, says that, you know, videos and explainer videos, how-to videos are by far the best way to communicate. Now, you know, some products are so complex that the videos would need to be so long to explain it. In that case, you know, uh, we, we need to be a little bit more concise and maybe a stills and a, a photograph with you know, a, a clear statement about the uh, the quality of the product is, is actually better than, you know, getting a video for 15 minutes explaining why it's good. Right. So um, now if you the engagement on videos is a lot higher uh, in any platform, whether you're talking, you know, TikTok, Facebook, um, you, know, um, you know, Instagram uh, or any other platform, same thing about YouTube, uh, being able to actually now have uh, shoppable videos which is definitely uh, you know, a, a game changer in our world in which like, not only I'm going to tell you about it, but on top of it, I'm, I'm going to kind of fast forward your, uh, your buying process if I can. Uh, but what's interesting is that we know that you know, about 40% of businesses in the U.S. are still not taking advantage of video marketing. So I know it seems mind-blowing. And even if you consider that half of them never will because of size and targets, things like this, there's still like a really big untapped market for video, for video marketing here. Um, you know, this is, this is something that's always part of the discussions when we're meeting with the brands, like what are you trying to get out of that video, right? Do you want the product to look good? Do you want the brand to have a clear message? Do you want the uh, consumer to know how to use it or do you want the consumer to actually know just how good it is so that three weeks later when this computer is in the store or in a store, they actually remember and say, you know what, let me try that, whether it's a shampoo or or, or, or a car, um, you know, that, that matters here. Um, now, there's a cost, you know, video is a lot more expensive and still so an article, uh, needless to say, uh, even if, you know, and, and videos can have many different forms, moving content it could be animation, it could be CGI, uh, computer uh, generated imaging, um, you know, it can be a full broadcast video for millions of dollars. So you know there's a big investment. I know you you said, let's take the budgets uh, and the timeline of production aside uh you You don't necessarily have that luxury you know in our world. you know the launch dates are are usually. Kind of set in stone, and uh, the products are not necessarily available either to uh, actually shoot. So that's where CGI comes into play, and uh, it needs to be taken into account when you're looking at your marketing campaigns. What are you going to use? That means, you know, do I have even access to these products, or do 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 I have to create uh, an advertising campaign from scratch, where you know, let's say for a service. It doesn't matter if it's available. Like we just need to talk about how good this, uh, you know, insurance is, or this cell phone plan, or or something like that. Uh, But there is no doubt that video is is going to keep uh, expanding. Um, You you have a lot as well, a lot of new media channels for it. You know, when we were talking video fifteen or twenty years ago, we were talking TV. Video equals TV. Um, You know, now social media came about. Uh, then you know you have all the uh, mobile uh, displays. The one we have in our pocket, as our cell phone, of course, as number one. But as well, you know, I was in an Uber this morning, and uh, my Uber had a um, you know a monitor on the on the on the back of the front seat. And, you know, I was watching commercials for the uh, 20 minutes that it took me from my hotel to, uh, to our studios here in Los Angeles. Uh, these are, you know, these are new medias that really, you know, were not here before. So making sure that the videos for these are actually really specifically produced and designed because they need to be shorter. We need to be able to be super effective without any audio. Because most people will turn the audio off you know when you're at the back of a cab or something like that. Uh, but I think there's still a long way to go to make the uh, the, the video uh, marketing world more effective uh, and, and more streamlined so that it doesn't you know we, we can get faster to, uh, to these uh, video assets so that the marketing teams as well can easily repurpose them. Uh, there is one one of the great things about the, the video world today is that you know we we, we as marketers try to stretch our marketing dollars as much as we can so with a video you know you can get steals out of video you can actually do like all the different edits that you want it's easy to actually sub sub the video as well or to translate it it's easy to you know make it localize your video as well with a couple of tweaks and edits so uh, a lot of the things like this can um, make the video uh, the video marketing uh, budgets a lot more attractive and i think that's that's here to stay
0: It's interesting that you mentioned the video in the Uber because, of course, we're also seeing a lot of what you're describing. You go to the gas station, you're on the plane, and I've heard that that can have a negative effect if the target audience has no way of shutting it off. That instead of creating a positive impression, it makes people upset at this brand that they're being forced to sit through. Because they can't shut it off, the video or the audio. What can you tell us about that in relation to the brand or the product message?
1: No, I mean you're right. Um, you know, like I said, the uh, the the never-ending um, you know exposure that this video of this displays, right? The phone we have in our pocket or the uh, that uh, that screen at the back of the Uber. You don't control all the steps of the distribution you know um, as a brand so if you need to uh, switch a little bit or if you need to adapt your brand message or if you need to turn it off you know we're talking about walmart and the uh the the ice cream uh challenge for Juneteenth like you know you you can't necessarily turn this off within one one hour when something like this happens as marketer we need to plan for it Uh, we need to know that can happen but at the same time i think it's you know Let's design the right campaign and and not really plan <laughs> to uh, to turn it off uh, but but something to you know um to really think as well, And you know when the world is moving really, really fast and you advertising your video advertising in an airport or in an Uber or you know when something in the world happens and you know we cannot plan you know what the next you know catastrophe or the next big event is going to be. When your brand can coexist with, you know, something really positive or really negative, that impacts uh, how you can be seen and the uh, the backlash on uh, on social media can be uh, can be tremendous. Um, what matters here, as marketers and and you know, PR and uh, and communicators, is how fast you react and how strong of a message do you send uh, to either react, pivot, apologize, you know, reset, uh, put things on pause, and and restart after. Uh, I think that 's part of marketing today as well. you know We, we used to have months or years to uh, to uh, to pivot on uh, on a new, uh, on a new message now it's you know sometimes it 's actually you know minutes or hours depending on what happens, depending of you know uh, what a celebrity actually posts or you know a, a tweet from somebody famous that has millions of followers and you know like okay, like I need to act right now um, you know let me pause, let me communicate, uh, and we all need as marketers to be ready to as well jump and modify your distribution channels like on the fly when this happens.
0: Tell us a little bit more about the different market segments. Say, for example, you mentioned geography earlier or language or culture, age. One of the books that I read recently said that older adults are missing, that unless it's a product that is specifically targeting a very senior audience that we don't see older adults in mainstream America. Is that true? And if so, how do you integrate that into messaging when you're trying to reach an overall market?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, an overall market is, is composed of, you know, younger, older, um, you know, you know, and, and different uh, part of the population. So, one you know is this older population part of the uh, of the target of your brand of service uh, that's you know the first question, and if it is then that's still you know that's part of the equation on you know is is this part of the population going to see my ad you know maybe they're the only one left on uh, on Facebook at this point you know my uh, you know my my younger friends or colleagues or employees or or, or, or you know our team members don't don't even have Facebook, um, but you know your 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 mother or grandmother might have it still. So you know maybe that's the right place for them. Um, you know they still read the newspaper. That that's, that is fine as well. And uh, we but we need to think about it. So it's not just about you know the older part of the population. Are we going to relate to you know X Y Z video? Are we going to find it? Do they know what's YouTube, uh, or they know what what YouTube is, but they don't actually scroll. Uh, through YouTube to find new content, and we don't go to Twitch to actually have, have a live experience on, you know, on on somebody gaming or, or whatever the, uh, the case might be. So it's just and you know, for as far as I'm concerned, it's just another part of the population with its own statistics and its own particularities, uh, and you know, whether it's communicating, you know, marketers sell to teens and you know, and and kids as well. That's a different message, that's a different way of communicating, that's different media. Um, and you know, I think they, this is the same problematic. They shouldn't be ignored um, and they should be, for many brands, uh, first and foremost, of the, uh, of the thought process because that is, we all know, going to be and continue to be a growing part of the population. So um, the population is aging and will continue to age based on you know the uh the uh the natality rate and uh, and statistics in all developed countries. So um, there, is no, there is no surprise, that we're going to see more campaigns targeted to uh, older adults, and we need to actually have their own budgets, we are all tracking mechanism, and they're all kPIs and uh, and that means requires their own channels um that's it says we still get mailers Right, we we still get you know um, some prospectus and uh, and small pamphlets and uh, and leaflets in the mail uh, for some specific products. We do see it for a reason. Or at least I do. I might be already part of that older population because, you know, that's what I get personally. Um, but, you know, for me, it's just, you know, it's it's one of the parts of the population. And again, you know, you're talking about age, but it can be about geographical location. It can be about, you know, um, the different parts of the population. It can be about different part of the uh, professional, um, you know, professional fields that people are in. Like, all of these are, you know, niche marketing that should define uh, how we talk about our products and services and and how we track it.
0: What about gender? This has become a lot more complex and a lot more potentially explosive. How do you deal with that?
1: Uh, Yes, you are right. It is definitely a lot more complex uh, than it used to be. personally uh you know um you're not asking my personal opinion here lena but you know personally i think it's a good thing but it becomes more complex uh finally we we recognize that uh you know gender and sexuality might not be necessarily as binary as uh, everybody or many people wanted uh, or assumed it would be so you know it's a huge opportunity uh, i think for brands to you know communicate to not just you know the binary world that has been for such a long time but as well recognized. The uh, you know gender challenges that many uh, many uh, folks around us actually are going through every day, uh, and uh, and as well you know the changing world that we're that we're in. So you know um, it's hard for a brand to take a hard stand. You know you have political issues. You have uh, definitely some part of the population that might embrace one thing, and another part that might actually not not necessarily care or actually dislike the very the very that that very concept. So. Brands have to be, you know, knowledgeable on on what's going on. They need to honestly make a uh, really a decision for themselves whether they want to actually address this challenge. Um, you know, uh, that that's uh, more of a corporate decision. Uh, of course, that should be uh, that should be uh, informed uh, by marketing and data. You know, and then there is, you know, back to the first matter that we discussed in this podcast is, what is the brand message? you know, what do we stand for as a brand? Uh, How do we support everybody? Uh, How do we, you know, recognize differences? How do we include people, uh, no matter, you know, their differences or choices? Uh, And this is more the brand level than the product level. Uh, The product marketing is going to, you know, be specifically like, okay, where this product is targeted to you, or this product is good for you as well. Uh, but the brand message, I think, on that side is actually the most important. And you see a lot of, you know, consumer brands and, uh, and cosmetic brands and, and, you know, taking a really hard stand on, on you know, supporting diversity and, and, um, and, and acknowledging that gender, uh, gender communication is, uh, is a bit more complex than it used to be. And, um, you know, all the brands are trying to figure it out as, as we go every day uh, when we communicate.
0: You've mentioned micro-influencer marketing and the importance that that plays. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, we are, we're all marketers. Um, because we're consumers and because we're humans, uh, we, we communicate. We communicate with our close friends and families. Uh, we communicate um, with our extended colleagues and the people we get in contact with every day in our life. You know, from the uh, cashier at the uh, grocery store all the way to you know social media, where you know you might have uh, um, thousands or hundreds of thousands of followers on Twitter, and uh, you know your message of what is your experience with this car? What did you have to go back five times to the car dealership to uh, to figure out how to use it? Um, our Honestly, really, and extremely important. So you know, I, I we are all micro influencers in that. Um, micro influencer marketing uh, is one of the uh, most cost-effective marketing channels that you can think of. It's as well one of the riskiest ones because you you don't necessarily control the spokesperson because the spokesperson is uh, each and every one of us so um, you know the, the spokesperson now is going to communicate based on his or her um, uh, own experience with the product or the service or the value proposition or the the perceived value of an offering so um, I think this is something that the brands can definitely leverage um, you know and, and, and using your employees your partners your colleagues um, goes a long way there. Because this is where, you know, like educating the folks around you is going to go a long way. Because these folks that are already engaged with your brand or your product, you know, whether they're paid um, you know, uh influencers or they're just user, you know, like pe- regular people doing their and, and providing and generating some user generated content, um, they become the most powerful um B2B marketers for the brand. Um, so that's definitely something to take into account here. You cannot control everything, but you can make sure that the words being used, that the value of the brands uh, is really understood and that everybody keeps hearing the same value. So that when they communicate, when all of us communicate uh, about that specific brand, you know, Uber or you know, Apple or you name it, we, we all kind of uh, use the brand message that these brands have defined for themselves and then make it to the, uh, the mouth of the consumer.
0: Where does organic versus paid placement come into this equation?
1: Um, it, at the beginning um, of, uh, of defining a campaign, um, you know, I'm back to uh, one of the points I was mentioning is like, we need to define how we're going to launch, you know, a, a campaign or a marketing communication prior to doing anything else. And that means what are we going to get out of this? And then, uh, um, you know, as a correlate to that, where are we going to spend our money? Uh, so what can we get from free advertising? Uh, what can we, you know, what, what is the, uh, the return on investment or paid advertising? So that is really part of the early uh, discussion when we design a campaign uh, that, you know, the, the, the messaging that is being defined actually, you know, derives from there. Because that's what's going to make it to your website banners, to your online ads, to your social posts, all of these you know different medias have different costs, different tracking and different velocity even to reach the market. So um, this is really part of your uh, your advertising and media planning from the at, at the minute you start talking about a campaign, and that's that's really key to uh, to put it at the beginning of the design so that you know what you're working towards. You know, we we need to know how much we're going to spend in media buy before we start actually looking at what type of content are we going to produce, what is going to be our best message, and how are we going to reach the right population with that piece of advertising. So um, there is no you know there is no rule here that applies to everybody. It's really for each campaign, for each brand, relooking, requestioning. Um, how how are we doing you, did we do okay last time you know how what was the results of the last marketing campaigns or marketing initiatives and everything moves super fast so what we've done 6 months ago is not necessarily relevant to inform the next campaign now um, and the world has moved already. So, you know, uh, on the type of content, on what people, you know, uh, really uh, worry about or people uh, engage with, like these things are moving so fast. And that defines, you know, what you're going to do with, uh, with natural advertising uh, uh, and, and paid media.
0: Is it important for the company, for the message, for the brand or product message to disclose whether it's a paid or an organic placement?
1: I think it is, Um, you know, again, that's a personal opinion, but I think the transparency of who the brand is matters and uh, clearly positioning uh, what is paid media and what's not, uh, what has been paid for by the brand matters. Um, You know, um, everybody is fairly well educated right now in, in, you know, what is advertising, what is not, what is an influencer, what is a celebrity, what is an endorsement you know, make it clear. I don't think there's really a lot of benefits, you know, trying to to make people feel that that, that was a natural statement from XYZ celebrity or XYZ, you know, uh, influencer here. Um, but I think there is a lot of value and, and, you know, the best value is to actually expose it and making sure that everybody is uh, fully, uh, fully aware about what's paid and what's not.
0: What about audio searches? Whether on your smartphone or on a device, say like an Alexa, where you mm-hmm. say make an audio request for a search, so that you get you don't actually see all the results, you only get whatever it is the top result. What, if any, role does it have in this conversation?
1: I think we're just at the beginning of audio searches. I know that Alexa changed many things, and uh, but has been kind of a game changer. For uh, for for this part of the uh, advertising industry, but I think we're just at the beginning. Uh, it is still not natural for the biggest part of the uh, population to basically ask their, you know, iWatch or Alexa or Google uh, for you know um, an advice on X. So I think you know for many people it's still limited to what time is it, what's the weather, uh, how do I get there, you know, things like this. We're not. Um, we are not there yet As in people's mind. I think the technology is already there. Into you know basically, hey, you know what is the best X and can you buy it now and make you know like please order it now. Uh, the technology is there. I think there's uh, still a lot of education uh, and and some uh, some progress to be done in 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 making sure people are comfortable with it. And that comes to your mind. You know it's not oh yeah I know I can ask Alexa, I know I can ask you know Siri to do X. But, you know, I still have the reflex to actually go to google.com and Google it. You know, uh, I think uh, we're going to get there. Uh, There's no doubt. Uh, the technology of, you know, earpieces, um, you know, sunglasses with, you know, uh, mics and uh, and speakers integrated. Um, you know, the AirPods are, you know, definitely a big vector of progress on that side. Uh, and all of the uh, in-ear devices that allow you to not just listen, but I as well talk um, are helping there. But I think we are, we're still, we're still a little bit far from, uh, this being a really a key part of the communication or the marketing uh, the marketing campaigns today.
0: when you look at your crystal ball, you know the one that you have sitting on your desk, what do you see in the near future and what how would you define near future
1: uh, if if I had such crystal ball, um, you know um I, I... I don't know if I would trust it, uh, based on you know the really the uh, the latest uh, the latest things happening in our world, and 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 you know things are moving so fast. You you see what's going on with the economy. You see what's going on with the war in in Ukraine. Like a lot of the things like were not you know barely on anybody's radar six months ago. Uh, or most people's radar. Um, so you know, my crystal ball is that you know, I think on the uh, consumer side, uh, we're we're aiming for probably you know, twelve months of kind of hardship on uh, you know, accumulating. Uh, you know, uh, an economy slowdown, uh, hopefully not a full recession, but at the very least, uh, a big slowdown of the economy with high inflation, with high interest rates. We know that the Fed is, has already committed to uh, to rehike the rates um, probably in less than 30 days from now. So these are going to have real impact. So that means real impact about, you know, the buying power of all of us uh, on the market. And that means the marketing budgets as well. So I think a lot of the brands are going to reconsider their marketing budgets now, um, you know, or have already started doing so. You've seen, unfortunately, uh, many companies already laying off some of, some of their staff. So I think that's, we're only at the beginning of that. Uh, that means as well as marketers, that we will probably have reduced budgets. Uh, we'd have to do more with less. Uh, we will have to um, repurpose a lot of our assets. Um, you know, and unfortunately, uh, I have to say like, we all had to do this during COVID uh, at the beginning of the pandemic where the, the world kind of stopped and we needed to keep communicating with the market Knowing that you know there is nobody in the street, there is you know people are stuck at home. We need to change our voice. We need to communicate in different ways. We needed to be able to work with almost um, nobody in our staff and no no marketing budget. And I think we're not going to get back to that. Knock on wood. But you know again, my crystal ball is not one hundred percent accurate. Uh, but I think there's going to be a little bit of that in the next uh, in the next six months. Um, and um, you know I think that's going to as well trigger you know, a little bit of uh, of innovation, uh, which is a good thing because, you know, when when things get a bit hard, like you need to be a little bit leaner. We need to uh, to uh, leverage innovation and technology a little bit more every day. And I think that's probably what's, uh, what we will see as well.
0: Thank you, Mathieu, for joining us from Los Angeles, California.
1: Thank you, Elena. It was a pleasure. Uh, and uh, if you want to find a bit more information about us, Uh, of course, you know, uh, you can, uh, you know, look me in on LinkedIn, happy to connect and have uh, informal or formal discussions and uh, find a lot more information about companies, uh, industrial color, Global Edit and Smashbox Studios and anytime on our websites.
0: And to our audience, you have been listening to Mathieu Champigny, who is Group Chief Executive Officer of Co-Creative, who discussed brand message versus product message. To propose a guest for the show, you can email me directly at editor at hispanicmpr dot com. That's editor at hispanicmpr.com.